Are you ready? Basketball season is finally here. The first game start tomorrow. And this is one of my favorite time of the sports calendar. We finally get some college basketball. We are going to be getting into it. Welcome back to the unofficial WCC Hoops podcast. I'm Zach Farmer. And with the games beginning tomorrow, I am so excited that this season is finally going to get going. And now we get to finally look at the upcoming games and really break down what uh, the outlook for the week is going to be. So for this one, we're going to do a quick rundown of everyone's opening matchup from the next couple nights, then focus on some of the marquee games for the week. Uh, so from, I mean, for most of the teams um, in the opening slate, uh, these are going to be, they seem like they're going to be easy tune-ups to start off the season. You have nine that start their season on Tuesday with another one starting, starting up on Wednesday. So just going having a rapid fire through these. Santa Clara is hosting Cal State Fullerton. San Diego is at home for Laverne. Portland's on the road for Arizona State. Pepperdine at Rice. Cleveland State is taking on BYU. Gonzaga's hosting Dixie State. LMU is going to be in LA for U, uh, Tennessee, Chattanooga. St. Mary's will be in Moraga for Prairie View AM. And then USF will be home on the hilltop to face LIU. And then on Wednesday is the is Pacific getting started, but they will be over in Hawaii for the Outrigger Resorts Rainbow Classic, and they will um, open up with Northern Colorado. Now, I don't expect anything shocking from any of these games. Again, as I said, these most of these seem like easy tune-ups. We'll kind of get through these and then move on. But there are a couple of them that I'm keeping my eye on, and those are Portland at Arizona State and Pepperdine at Rice. Now, I don't expect to see much from Portland at this juncture. This is Shante Lagan's first game with the Pilots, essentially with a brand new roster, new system, and a program that is in the 300s in, in, on Ken Palm. I'm, in no way do I expect them to win, but if they can be competitive, maybe this is going to be a very good early sign for Portland and their prospects moving forward. Um, but again, I don't, ex- I don't expect it, but like, it's just something to keep an eye on. And, just, and if they do show that they're going to be competitive. I think that bodes very well for Portland the rest of the year. Similar for Pepperdine. Now they also have a lot of new pieces and this is a team that is going to need to find its uh, personality um, pretty early on. This is, but this is still a team with a lot of talent. Lorenzo Romar has always been good at finding talent and Rice and Pepperdine are right about the same spot in the preseason. Ken Palm at 144 and 147, respectively. The question is how they build on the Colby Ross era. This will be just kind of that first small step towards seeing who who some of the who some of the um, newcomers are going to step up early, and who's going to kind of fill in some of those roles. Which returners are going to really step up to? claim those leadership responsibilities but really like the focus is going to be on the marquee games and there are two games of the week that will definitely that definitely stand out above the others and and that's texas at gonzaga and then san diego state at byu 
but there are also a couple other critical games that could have postseason implications. And those are uh, Santa Clara playing host to Stanford and then USF playing at the Chase Center uh, next, uh, this coming Saturday against Davidson. USF and Santa Clara both need to get off to a good start and pick up good wins wherever they can. Their schedules are good, but they're not great. So if either of these teams hopes to get critical wins for a potential postseason berth, whether that be the NIT or the NCAA tournament, they have to get these games. And, and this will provide these games will also provide an opportunity to see how far along USF and Santa Clara already are. For Santa Clara, this is facing a Stanford team that's lost quite a bit. This is including Zaire Williams, who went in the NBA draft, uh, but they replaced him with Harrison Ingram, and he is going to be a load to handle for Santa Clara. He's 6'8", 230 pounds, and he's on the Irving, uh, the Julius Irving watch list. So there's going to there's gonna be some early matchup problems, I think, for Santa Clara in this one. But this is also a team that's picked to finish ninth in the Pac-12, even though this is actually a much improved Pac-12 from years past. Five, five top 25 teams from the Pac-12, which I believe I, is a conference record for the coaches poll. Five, five top 25 teams in the coaches poll. And then this game is going to be uh, the one game Santa Clara will have on the CBS Sports Network. And that game is going to be happening on Friday night. Then we pick, then we head over to Saturday and head up, head up the peninsula to, to see what USF is up to. And they will be tangling with one of the more efficient scorers in the country in Hyung Jung Lee. He's one of only 11 players since 92 to shoot 50% from the field, 40 from three and 90% from the line which those numbers sound an awful lot like a former Davidson star who just happens to call Chase Center home. Uh, Lee was a preseason all A-10 first team selection. He's on the Irving watch list. This is a guy you are going to have to keep an eye on and really focus, focus on if USF is going to have a shot, uh, shot at pulling this one out. Both Davidson and USF can score. I expect this game to be played in the 80s. And then this, this one will, will be able to be seen on the WCC network. This one is kind of like, I, I'm throwing this one in because I think it's very similar to what Pepperdine and Portland will be going up against as far as, as, far as good testing ground for their upcoming season. And that's San Diego at Nevada. San Diego is is a top 200 team in the Ken Palm, but San Diego and San Diego has some new interesting pieces, including Jace Townsend. And so this will be a good first test for San Diego being on the road at a, at a regular contender for the NCAA tournament in Nevada. So seeing what San Diego can do here, I think will give us a good idea what we could potentially see in conference play. So now that brings us to the obvious WCC game of the week, and that's Texas at Gonzaga. It's a matchup of two top five teams. It's going to be the first big test for Gonzaga. And this is probably going to be a clash of styles. 
Gonzaga is one of the biggest teams in the country size-wise and has two of their best players in the front court in Holmgren and Timmy. Texas is going to look very different and Texas is going to look very different from a year ago and is going to rely heavily on their backcourt. And the changes at Texas start with the head coach. Chris Beard, who was at Texas Tech for the last X number of years, took Texas Tech to the Final Four just a few years ago. And he's now leading Texas and had to get to work quickly filling out that roster. There's only four players returning from Texas, two of them being starters. They have 11 newcomers, seven of them coming from the transfer portal, and some in- there are some impressive, impressive guys on that list. You start with Minnesota transfer Marcus Carr. The, six, the 6-2 guard was a first-team All-Big Ten selection last year, 17 points a game, nearly six assists over the last two years. You have Utah transfer Timmy Allen, who was averaging 17 a game last year with 6.4 rebounds. He's a first-team All-Pac-12 selection. Then you have a couple of the returners, um, Andrew Jones and Courtney Ramey, uh, both of whom were going to be part of that backcourt rotation. Uh, Jones led the team in, in scoring last year. Uh, Ramey was third on the team in scoring, and these two have a ton of experience. Jones coming back for his sixth season and Ramey coming back for his senior season. So this, again, like you have a lot of really good guards that are going to be in this rotation for Texas. And the fact that they could throw Carr and Allen and Jones and Ramey all at you is going to, is going to really put the defensive pressure on the likes of Andrew Nebhard, Rasir Bolton, Hunter Salas, Julian Swather to contain these guys and, and make it difficult for them. Now we, now we know that this group from Gonzaga is athletic. We know that they'll be able to challenge, challenge some of the better teams. Um, but this is, this is going to be maybe one of, maybe if not one of the biggest challenge that they see in the preseason. And among, and you also have another chance for coming over from Creighton and Christian Bishop, who is a key part of uh, Creighton getting to the sweet 16 last year. And he's also very familiar with Gonzaga, considering Creighton was one of the teams that faced the Zags in the tournament last year. And then you have an, another really interesting piece in uh, Jalen Tyson, who's a 6'7 forward for Texas, and he was the 31st ranked recruit, um, according to ESPN. So this, again, this Texas team is really, really deep. It's It's got a lot of veteran experience, even though they don't necessarily have a lot of time playing with each other. And maybe that's the, and maybe that's an advantage that Gonzaga will have because most of the key pieces for Gonzaga are returning, especially when you consider you have the likes of Timmy, Nebhard, um, Swather, Watson, and others who know how, who know how to run the system and will be able to provide that leadership early on for the Zags. And I found this quote actually uh, from not a quote, but uh, taking it from 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 SI reporter Kevin Sweeney's article, and said, "quote Not even Gonzaga has the amount of talent that this Texas team has," which obviously, like considering how much talent Gonzaga does, that is incredibly impressive. This this is going to be one of the best games in the preseason, all of the entire preseason, I think, and we will and we'll give Gonzaga a first look at what a one of their potential tournament opponents could be. 
I think for Gonzaga, the the key for them is going to be controlling the pace and limiting mistakes. Uh, this veteran backcourt for Texas is going to take care of the ball, so it will be incredibly important for the Zags to do the same. And I think that Timmy and Holmgren have to get going early. Because if they start to get going early, this should open up a lot more of a lot more easy opportunities for everyone else on the roster. All right, so let's move on to the old Mountain West rivalry in San Diego State at BYU. San Diego State are the back-to-back Mountain West champions. They are picked to finish second this season, just behind Colorado State. And they picked up one of uh, the Pac-12's premier scores from a year ago in Matt Bradley. Bradley's going to be a tough matchup for BYU. 6'4", 240 pounds. He can score in a bunch of different ways. He can take you off the dribble, spot up, back you down. He was averaging 18 a game last year for Cal. He shot 45% from the field, 36% from three, 82% from the line. Bradley is going to be a problem for BYU. And then they also return uh, Trey Pulliam, who had the best assist to turnover ratio in the Mountain West. They have Nathan Mensa inside, who was third in the conference in blocks. And this San Diego State team does one thing really well, and that is play defense. They allowed only 61 points per game last year, and they will make life a little bit more difficult for, for BYU on the offensive end. And that focus is largely going to be on Alex Barcelo. Barcelo is kind of the key is the key to what makes BYU go. I think there's a lot, there's still not as many questions, but I think there's something left to be proved that we need to see what Seneca Knight and Caleb Lohner and others can actually help to provide uh, to be able to help Barcelo uh, this coming season. And then one of my concerns about uh, Knight specifically was his efficiency. He shot 40% from the field last in his last full season, but does have some experience against San Diego State. Back in December 2019, Knight had 15 points from five from nine from the field with four rebounds in a really close game against a San Diego State team that was very good and with a San Jose State team, which was not very good. That ended up being a two-point uh, win for San Diego State. And Seneca Knight was the highlight for, for the Spartans. Uh, but just going all through all of this, it's great to be able to talk about matchups again. It's great to be able to talk about some basketball that will actually be happening starting tomorrow night, starting this week. And we get to really see the promise of, of these conference teams. We're starting to hear that like some, some publications are saying there's maybe as many as five teams that could, that are going to challenge for an NCAA tournament spot, which sounds crazy (laughs) from the WCC because we're usually somewhere in the two to three range. And there's a possibility that at the very least, not necessarily five option five are not going to make it, but that they're, that there are five teams in this conference who have a legitimate case to be made, have the talent to be able to do it. And we will be able to get a chance to see these teams 
prove their worth start starting tomorrow night. So that's going to wrap up this uh, quick little uh, uh, weekly preview for the upcoming games. Um, I am excited to see them finally get going. Uh, follow me on Twitter because I will start to actually uh, be tweeting out uh, um, game observations and whatnot as we're going along at Posts by Zach. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast so far, remember to, to subscribe on your favorite streaming service, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, wherever wherever you can find it. Uh, share it with your friends, anyone else who wants to have conversations about West Coast Conference basketball. I'm excited to get going. I'm excited for the season. I hope you guys all are too. I'm Zach Farmer signing off and I will catch you next time.